Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. I've been waiting for this all week, so good morning, Crosswalk. I'm Batman. My name is Pastor Dan, and it's uh, my privilege to be uh, here with you today. Uh, If you are a first-time guest, it is a great time for you to be here as we start our brand new series, the Superheroes series, which means I get to wear my Batman shirt today, and uh, you probably saw other people as well, superhero theme. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun, and we're glad that you can be a part of it. And, and as we look at this, we're going to see the superhero that Christ is, but also that we are made superheroes through the gospel. And with that, that takes us to our, our message for today. You can take out your crosswalk notes. Uh, the area where we are going to really be, be getting the, the message from is 1 John chapter 1. So if you have a phone app or a Bible with you today, 1 John Chapter 1, it's all the way in the back, not quite to Revelation, but 1 John chapter 1 is where we're going to be looking in our message today. Now, before we get going on that, I want to thank Crosswalk. I want to thank Jeff and Jonathan and Phil and Christy. I want to thank our, our worship team for helping me realize a lifelong dream. And it started, it it started when I was, I don't know, maybe three, four years old, small boy in Burlington, Wisconsin. And I I would go in my mom, the drawer in the kitchen where my mom had these white uh, towels for, for drying dishes. And it was just perfect, perfect size for coming over my neck and, and tying in the front. And it, it made a perfect cape. And she didn't like it because it was white, first of all. And my grandma had embroidered all the days of the week on the ones that were supposed to be used each day. But anyways, I didn't care because on those days, I wanted to be a superhero. And sometimes it was running through the yard like this, pretending that I was flying. Uh, As I grew up, it it started on the picnic table and, and jumping off the picnic table uh, and then it went to the swing set, sometimes swinging and then jumping off the swing, uh, hoping my cape didn't get caught on the swing and, and getting choked and dragged back. There's memories. But anyways, the, this desire that I had to be a superhero and, and to be someone special. And, and as I grew up, and, and I don't know what happened in there, but, but then I, I hit an age where I realized the whole superhero thing wasn't working out. That I, I, I really wasn't a superhero. Uh, I didn't really have any superpowers. And uh, it wasn't going to happen. And so I think what happened is what happens to many of us. And, and I'm guessing it happens to many and most of us because of how popular superhero movies are. Just think for a moment. I don't know if you've lost, are like me, but I've lost count. I don't even know how many Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, comic books, cartoons, 
movies, remakes of movies have been made so that if you're trying to find a specific one, it's like, I don't even know the difference. I don't know how to tell the difference because there are so many of these. And then we like our Avengers, don't we? We like Iron Man and, and we like Thor and Captain America and, and the Hulk and, and so many more and they're so popular. And, and what's interesting about that is, is I, I started doing a little research on, on the internet to, to find out why do people think, why do you think that superhero movies are so popular? And, and I was reading through, read a number of different articles, and one of them is that, that people are looking for an escape from their life. That they like the idea of just for two hours, for two and a half hours, whatever it is, to go into a movie theater and to forget about what is going on in my life and, and see a situation where, where someone is, is incredibly strong and, and, and the situation seems hopeless. And in this hopeless situation, something good comes out of it. And, and so for that reason, as we look at these superhero movies, they inspire hope in us. Uh, hope that something can and will get better even in the face of, of something that seems hopeless. Another thing I read that was very interesting was the whole idea of the superheroes is that most superheroes, other than maybe like a spider, or excuse me, Superman, all of them at one point in their life were, were pretty much normal people. And, and what happened is something happened to them in their normal everyday life and that one thing changed and because that thing changed, it allowed them to become not only better, not only great, but super. And as we look at those people and we kind of think about in our own lives, is there a way that possibly I could aspire to be, some, maybe not even super, but definitely something more than what I am? And as we look at our lessons for the superhero series, that is what we're going to be looking at, that common theme of how I can continue to go and, and be more than what I am, how Jesus, how my relationship with Jesus Christ makes me more than what I am. One final thing I, I think why superheroes resonate with us is that we, we look at their, first of all, at their strengths, and we admire those strengths. And I have decided every one of my shirts is going to have abs painted on it from now on. <laughs> And uh, that I like that. I've had more comments on my abs in a positive way uh, than I have in a, a long, long time. And we also, we, we look at the, the strengths of these, these superheroes with, with Batman. When you look at his, his outfit that he wears, his suit, it makes him look, I think we have a picture maybe of Batman in his suit. Yeah, I'm, seriously? Who doesn't want to look like that? I mean, that's, it, it's sculpted. It, it, it has all the virtues uh, that, that if you think of what men, when they go to the gym, are trying to accomplish, it's right there. Uh, that, that women would look at him and say, oh my goodness, he's handsome. And not only that, so, so physically he's strong, but also he, he, he helps those who are weak. He, he helps those who are down. He, he's a, a saving type person. And, and just to be clear, I'm not going to be making Batman-Jesus comparisons. I'm not going there. Uh, but, but as we look at this, 
really this is the way that we look at ourselves and, and we admire the strengths. And at the same time, I think we all understand Batman's like messed up. Uh, he, he's not really good with relationships. When you look back uh, at, depending on which Batman you're looking at and, and the history, some have it that he watched his parents die. Uh, others that, that he didn't see it, but either way that he is scarred by, by the death of his parents, that something in his past has happened to him that was tragic, that has broken his heart and, and has really influenced the, the direction of his life. Again, who of us is not like that? That, that as you, you, you look back at your life, you tell me what the pain is uh, that, that hurts you, that, that you can't let go of. We, we talk about the hurt, the habit, the hang-up. And specifically about this, what's the hang-up from your past where you, you look back and, and you think to yourself, I just can't get past that. I can't get over that. I can't get over what this person did to me. I can't get over uh, what this person didn't do for me. And when we, we see Batman, we see a sense of, of justice and the way that things should be because he does get back at those people. Uh, and, and he does go and, and, and he gets some type of justice. But even that, in a dark way, we call him the dark knight, don't we, Batman? And, and so there, there's a certain amount of darkness at the same time. Well, this sets the stage of, of where we're going with this superheroes message series. And, and today, what I'd like you to do is, is just for a moment, so we started with the superheroes. Now I'm going to step out of that just for a moment and remind you that Easter was last week. And, and so last week, we, we celebrated Easter, Jesus' resurrection from the dead, and as we get into our message and this whole idea of superheroes and, and the Lord making us superheroes through the gospel, where we are going to start is with individuals that were changed by the gospel and, and were strengthened through it. And we'll start with Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Just to give you an idea of the time frame of this, this is after Jesus had risen from the dead. Forty days later, Jesus ascended into heaven. Ten days after that was a day called Pentecost, where it was the sending of the Holy Spirit uh, on God's people, and the disciples were uh, emboldened uh, by God to, to preach the good news of Jesus. And it was after this time, as all the disciples were sharing the good news of Jesus and his, his resurrection from the dead, that they were arrested. And, and this is what, what it says about those who arrested the disciples. It said, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. If you want to know what the superheroes series is all about, this verse summarizes it. Think about this for a moment. When you think about Jesus' disciples, if you were to go back a couple of months before this time with, with Jesus' disciples, uh, well, as it says here, they were unschooled, ordinary men. And, and they, they spent time with Jesus, but even towards the end of Jesus' life, there were times when they were so disappointing. Right before Jesus' death, he told them, I'm going to go and suffer and die. 
And they were arguing over who was going to be the greatest in their kingdom. One of them had their mom go ask Jesus if he could sit at his right and his brother at the left in the kingdom of God. Are you kidding me? When it came time for Jesus to be arrested, it was Peter that denied Jesus three times in one night after Jesus told him he was going to do it and he said he never would. All of the disciples, when Jesus was arrested, ran away. And even after the resurrection, they they were locked in an upper room with the doors locked because they were afraid that the people who killed Jesus might actually come and get them as well. And and so what you see is you have this weakness, right? All of these things where we look at the disciples and see how weak they were, But with these individuals, after Pentecost, they realized that something changed. And really, one thing changed more than anything else. And that was the fact that Jesus was alive. That these individuals had witnessed Jesus' resurrection from the dead. They saw the the nail prints in his hands. They they saw where the spear uh, was, was pushed and pierced Jesus' side. And yet, this same Jesus who was dead was now alive. And because of this truth, because of of what Christ had done and the implications of what it meant, not only for their lives, but also for their eternity, that is what changed them. That that is what made them strong. And and so this would be an example of how they were made superheroes through the gospel, that, that Christ changed them to be bold and courageous in a way that they were not before. Now, just so we're clear, this is not just about these people. We go to another portion of God's word. This is from Romans chapter eight. And and this is the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Rome. And and Romans eight, if you wanna read just one chapter of the Bible in the next week, read Romans chapter eight. It starts, it's so great. Romans eight starts, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's a great start. How, that, that's the start, and that's the theme of the whole chapter. But, but when you get towards the end of the chapter, and it talks about the, the struggle we have with sin, and, and the struggle we have in our lives, uh, it says this. What shall then we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And, and the Apostle Paul is talking about height or depth or angels or demons or, or all these powers, all these things we run in, into this world, or even Satan or, or people that don't like us. There's all these different things. And he's telling us those, those are true. I, I get that. But if God is for us, if, if he's on our side, we're in good shape. He goes on a little bit later, verse 34, to say, who then is the one who condemns? No one. And why? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So, so, so as we look at this, this isn't just for the disciples anymore. Now it's talking about our lives, where we realize we have a risen Jesus, someone who, who has risen from the dead, ascended into heaven right now, sitting at the right hand of the Father, ruling the world in our best interest. And as a result, what do we have, the very last verse? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So not only do we get through these things, but we are more than conquerors. 
In the Greek language, there is a, a little preposition for more than, and it is hyper. Hyper, which when translated into English is super. We're super conquerors. So, so as we look at this and this whole idea of being super conquerors, superheroes, just in case you think this is some uh, like ploy to, to get more people to church, superheroes because it's so popular, I'm telling you that this concept of being a superhero, a super conqueror is as old as the gospel of Jesus Christ, all the way back to Paul. And so in, in the blank, you can write, our relationship with a risen Jesus changes us. Our relationship with the risen Jesus changes us. We are given courage and strength. We are superheroes, super conquerors, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But through what Christ has done for us, we are truly victors, conquerors, heroes. Now, as we look at this specifically today, the, the superheroes, I get it that every superhero has like his strength. He has his weakness, but he also has his strength. And that strength that we have through Christ is, is one that I want to look at right now. And where we go is back to the time actually when, when Jesus is being crucified. And it's John 18, verses 37 and 38. And this is Pilate and Jesus talking. And it's Pilate says, you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And then Pilate responds, what is truth? Retorted Pilate. In the blank, you can write this right away. Truth is seeing and understanding things the way that they really are, the way that God sees them. Truth is seeing and understanding things the way they are, the way that God sees them. I want you to think about that for a moment. And, and, I, and, I, and, and first of all, this conversation starts with the, this question, and that is, do you believe that there is such a thing as absolute truth? That some things are true and some things are false, that they, that they are not true. And the reason why I ask that is because we get into the, these discussions today where uh, truth is relative, that something that is true to you uh, isn't necessarily true to me. And, and so true seems to be kind of this moving target where, well, that's the way you think and, and that's fine for you, but it's not the way that I think, uh, that I look at things differently. And that is why that when we start and we look at what makes us superheroes, this idea of that we have truth on our side that we, we need to have the definition that it's the way that God sees things. Uh, it, it is the way that he speaks with authority from his word. And so if God does not speak on an issue, then we, we're not too worried about it. I mean, that, then we don't know necessarily maybe what the truth is. But when it comes to God specifically, let's start with Jesus' resurrection from the dead. 
Then we move from there to what is sin and what is not sin. Who is forgiven? The the fact that Christ came to forgive all people and and who is not. Whoever believes is saved. Whoever does not believe is condemned. Maybe this, who the Lord says goes to heaven, those who believe in him. See, this is why we, we continue to study God's word because as we study God's word, what we do is we, we change from having our opinions to aligning with God's truth. And this is so important. And, and the reason why is because of the next verse, Ephesians 6, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And now as we look at this in, in terms of, of superheroes, and, and uh, we, we start to think of it in terms of a belt. Now, let's do a little bit of a progression here. When, when you think of a soldier wearing a belt, the way that I would say it is the belt would hold the whole suit and armor together. And specifically, when, when you would think of a, a Roman soldier and put his belt on, what would usually be, always be on the side of his belt? A sword, yeah, that sheath for the sword. So if you get out to the battle and you're like, man, I was late for the battle today, but I made it, you guys. And they're like, dude, you forgot your belt at home. Oh, no problem, I'll be fine. Uh, I don't know how, how exactly you would do that. But, it, but if you forgot the belt, you were in serious trouble. I think of that now fast forward. I remember I grew up with, a, my dad was a police officer for 25 years. And I just think of all the things when my dad put his belt on, that must have weighed 15 pounds, if not more than that. When I thought about he would have his gun and his handcuffs and extra bullets and a nightstick and things like that, all of those different things, the walkie-talkie that he kept on his belt and then would have something that came up to his collar for him to talk, all of those things were kept on his belt. And if he didn't have his belt, I suppose he would still have been able to go into work but not be able to do much. And so when we think of Batman, I think we, we might have a picture of his belt as well. There we go. Batman, Batman without his belt? Are you kidding me? In there, he had his grapple hooks, and, and he had some throwing stars, and, and he would have these things that would make smoke so he could get away. All of those different things that, that Batman, really Batman had no superpowers, he just had like super gadgets, whether it be the, the Batmobile or the Batcave or, or the belt and everything on it. That is what he depended on for his fighting. And so in the blank you can write, Batman's belt holds all his weapons in place. God's truth holds everything we need to fight battles. So that's the belt. That's, the, that's what we're talking about with the belt of truth. And, and that's why as we look at Batman, how important that was to everything that he did, it's just as important for us to have the truth of God's word. And so as we look at these truths, we're going to look at four of them right now and, and see how important it is uh, that, that these truths are part of our life. The first one, and, and now we get to 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. This is the message we heard from him and declare to you, God is light, 
In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Don't turn the page yet. Caught ya. (laughs) I want you to to look at that and, and think about this because this is about light and darkness, but this is also about sin and, and God. And I'm gonna read it one more time. This is the message we have heard from him declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness. In God there's no sin at all. There's no wrong. It, with God it's all truth. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. And my question for you is, are you living a lie? Are you saying, you know what? I walk with God, I'm on God's side. And yet as you live your life, you live it in darkness, going against his truth in what you do. Now as we, we, we look at that, we're going to see, don't wanna ruin it, spoiler alert, but we all do this to an extent. But now what I'm talking about is on a a daily basis, making decisions where we say, I know God doesn't want me to do this. I know God says this is wrong, but I say this is right. Turn the page. Truth number one, light and darkness cannot coexist. God's truth from 1 John chapter one. Light and darkness, no darkness. And and, and in God, he is light. And light drives out the darkness. And and so that is where we need to start. And it's where we need to start as we look at our own lives. That that when there is darkness in my life, and I I live as a child of life, and a a child of of God who is light, to trust him to drive that darkness out. Truth number two. 1 John 1, verses 8 through 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Wow. Think think about that for a moment. That, That this whole idea of sin, and I know it's not necessarily a popular thing, it's not something that, Honestly, I'm comfortable talking about, especially when it's about my own sin and, and the things that, that I've done wrong. But, but this is a big deal. And, and this fact that if you claim to be without sin, the, the part of it that really strikes me here is you're telling God he's a liar. Because it, it's not me the one who's telling you you're a sinner. It's him in these words. And, and, and what is he telling us to do? To confess that sin. Just had lunch with a, a, a guy this past week, and he's a good friend and, and a, a good godly person for me to talk to as I go through my life as a Christian, not as a pastor, as a Christian in my struggle with sin. And like you, I'm assuming like you, that there are, I'm a sinner, okay? I confess my sin with you. But there are a couple sins that I just can't break. 
I mean, that, that, that I, I'm, I'm so hyper-focused on them that I'm like, if I were to get through this sin and, and conquer this, this bad behavior, you know, then I'd be cooking with gas. I mean, I'd be, I'd be right where I want to be. And one of the things that, that he helped me to realize was, Dan, you're, you're never going to get where you want to get. And, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, where you're trying to get is a place where you don't need Jesus anymore. Like, whoa. And, 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 and in that way, it's, it made me realize that, that when I talk to this guy and I, I, I confess my sin to him as, as one friend to another, there's not going to be a week that I don't need him to tell me that I'm forgiven. And there's not going to be a week that I go to him, even if I, in these areas where I need improvement or I want to improve, that I'm going to say, whoo, first week, no sin. Mark it down. Let's keep, let's keep the streak going. And so truth number two that you just need to come to grips with is I have a sin problem. You have a sin problem. And it's not going away. We have that darkness, the sinful nature inside of us. And so what I've just told you is light and darkness cannot exist, but now in my life, I have darkness inside of me because of sin. So then you're like, what? How does this work? As we look at this, this portion of God's word, which makes us go to the next part, 1 John 1, 7 through 9. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. One of the things that really helped me the first time I, I really went into these verses is a long time ago and, and kind of a translation thing that you can also substitute, take the word if out, and write the word when. So, so it's not just if we confess our sins, but, but when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And, and, what I, and, and maybe you could even write whenever. And so this, what, this encouragement, what, what God is, is encouraging us to do is to confess these sins and go to the well of his salvation to go to the cross first, to confess our sins and to leave them there. But don't stay there, go to the empty tomb. Uh, Go to the place where we see Jesus' victory, Jesus' victory over sin and death, over your sin, and Jesus' victory over your death and my sin and my death. And notice, the blood of Jesus purifies us so that now when God looks at me, now when God looks at you, he sees no darkness that darkness is taken away completely. And we stand before God as children of light, confessing our sins, receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And with this desire, this strong desire to walk in the light, to walk with our God, to, to walk as, as his children. That is the message of Christianity. And, and these, then, are the things that make us super. We are washed through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are made more than what we are without Christ. We are forgiven. We are children of God. 
We continue. John 8, verse 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus showing us again, this, this is now having been forgiven about, by Jesus Christ and, and the forgiveness we have in him, confessing our sin, now as we look at our lives, that, that as we are living for God, that we continue to go to Jesus for the truth, the truth, his promises, the, the truth of his warnings, the truth of all of God's word. And those things are going to set us free. Set us free to be in a position where we can serve and, and worship our God. As we do this, though, there's another reality. And notice, this is only 10 verses later in John chapter 8, where Jesus says, and he's talking not to his disciples, but, but to other people who are there who are challenging what he's saying. You belong to your father, the devil. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So as we go and, and we have the truth, understand that we are going to walk in, in and with people who are lying. And now here is where you have your clash, where you have the lies and the truth. And, and now the argument of what is truth. You know, Pilate, you get in it, what is truth? Uh, for us, we would see Jesus and say, oh yeah, see, he's, he's innocent. And, and he would say, well, that's not true because the, the Jews see him as guilty. So see, you have a different truth than they do. And those come from the lies. And understand that, that this is, is so important for your life. There, there's a book uh, that, that Jeff and I use all of the time, our staff uses, and it's one that we read every, every year and, and one that I would strongly encourage you to read. And it's called The Lies We Believe. Oh my goodness. It, it is a, it's such a great book. And what it is, is it goes through different things and different roles you will have in your life. And, and the different lies that, that go through your head of, of, uh, of what you think and, and just because of the world in which we live that sometimes we start to believe. One of them, would, would, there's a whole thing on marriage lies. Um, my, some of the lies are my, my spouse should be able to fill all my needs. Um, my spouse should know what I want without me having to tell her. Uh, I mean, there, there's this whole laundry list of, of lies that I've heard so many times in counseling, it's crazy. But, it, but it's through all areas of life and, and ones that have to do with your feelings of self-worth and, and your worth in Christ. And it's just this reality that as we go through the different chapters, lies in our relationship with God, in our relationship with each other, that we need to continue to fight it with the truth of God's word. And that takes us to the last verse. Ephesians 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Speaking the truth, notice, in love. And, and just so we're clear on this, that the truth uh, is the belt. The truth is not the hammer of Thor, uh, the truth is not the club of, of a caveman. The, the truth is a belt that, that goes around our, our waist, and, and the belt keeps everything else in place. And the belt, uh, someone should have told my mom this, was meant to be used in love. 
Not, not for punishment. And because that's the way we like to use the truth, don't we? That, that, we use, that we like to use the truth to pound people. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. And speaking the truth in love is not a matter, it's really not a matter of, of right or wrong. But as we, we look at the belt, and, and what did we say was on the soldier's belt? A sword and a sheath? That's going to be a whole other lesson, just so you know. Because what is the sword? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Both law and gospel, pointing out our sin, but also pointing out the promises. The belt of truth is meant to be one that is encouraging, uh, to bring people along with us, to point them to the cross, to point them to the empty tomb, to embrace them, to put our arms around them and welcome them and love them. Truth number four. You can write, as superheroes, we will face villains. But we are equipped to fight and win. We are equipped to fight and win. So where do we go from here? So so now as we look at this, how can I leave here today? I got my Batman shirt, I got my abs, and I'm all ready to go. And and now how is this going to change my life in a a real way? And if if this is Batman and and he's Batman and he just sits at home and and doesn't do anything, uh, he's irrelevant. Nobody knows who Batman is. But, but we know when Batman, uh, when people need Batman, right? The, the bat signal goes out. And, and that's when he knows that, that there is trouble. And that's when he knows it is time to act, that it is time to come in, in defense of someone. It, it is come, it's time to come and, and do for them whatever it needs to be done. And as we, we think about this lesson, this lesson was about light and darkness as well. And the light that is going to be shining in your life is the light of God's word. So I don't know where, where your, your superhero-ness is going to show itself. Maybe the, the place where you need to be a superhero is at home with your kids. Maybe you need to be the superhero with your spouse and, and start speaking the truth in love with him or her. Maybe you are going to be a, a superhero as you walk in the light who's going to, uh, that, that in your learning cycle, it, it's going to be time to learn something or do something as you continue to grow and as you continue to train for whatever it is that God is preparing you in for, for your life. But I am telling you that this is not a message, the superhero series is not a message that's meant to just be heard. It's also a message that is meant to be done. It's a message where you say, how am I going to take my next step and go from this place with the truth? Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that that you have sent Jesus into the world and he's a risen savior. And, And because of that, as we look at these truths, the first truth that we need to understand is that he changes me and he changes my heart. And the way that he does that is he shines with his light and helps me expose the sin inside of me. And and he forgives it and he purges it from my heart. 
And now, Lord, that changes me. And so just like the, the disciples had courage that they didn't have before, or as Paul wrote to the Romans, that they were now super conquerors, that, that they were more than what they were without Christ, that is what we have as well. As we go forward, help us understand that the, the, the super part of us is not from us, but it's from Christ who lives in us. Now, Lord, help us look for opportunities where we are telling lies to ourselves, when we are telling lies to others, and, and help us to take that belt of truth, the, the word of God, and, and keep it around our waist. Help it to keep our lives in place as we go forward. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. If I'm completely honest with you, I've wanted to get like a Batman shirt or a Captain America shirt for a while. And the reason why I haven't is because I, I work out at LA Fitness and there's guys uh, who wear Batman and Captain America shirts that are worthy of them. <laughs> that you're looking like, dude, that's looking good. And uh, that, that honestly, I look at that and say that I just don't think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worthy of it. And, and as we look at it, though, I think it's easy for us to look at our lives that way as well. I'm normal. I'm not super. I'm just, there are better people than me that, that are holier than me, whatever. When the reality of it is, no. That you are super not because of who you are, but it's through the gospel and it's through Christ has made you. And that's the truth that you need to believe. And now as you go, go also with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.